I hate Villa. Let me put that out there before anything. I hate Villa. Last time they came to Ellen Road was obviously that game. I hate Aston Villa, and I really, really don't like that we've lost to them. Dean Smith looks like a bulldog chewing a wasp permanently. Mm. Like That face does not change, and I'm not willing to get you guys in enough trouble to be able to tell you what I think of John Terry as their assistant. I don't think our, our legal team between the three of us could handle what I'd have to say. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Lockdown Lowdown, another away win for Aston Villa, making a habit of it. Chadzi, as always, mate, we'll go to you first. Give me your give me your summary of the of the game, your thoughts. I, th- I think um, it's b- becoming a bit of a common theme and I've said this a few times, but the one thing that we love about this team is that they always bounce back. You know, you can always trust in them to come and give us a performance when people are starting to doubt them or maybe the week after a couple of uh, iffy performances. And, you know, it's not the complete team performance by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a, it's a really good effort, very well organised, very resilient. Another clean sheet, that's the most away clean sheets in Europe now, which is pretty astonishing when you think where we've come from in the last season or two. It's another away win. And it's just superb for the team to get some confidence that we can win without Grealish. We've got that monkey off our back now uh, and that gives the rest of the squad a bit of confidence going into the run-in. We don't know how long he's going to be out for, but um, t- to go to Leeds and get a 1-0 victory, it seemed that we learned all the lessons from our 3-0 thrashing earlier in the season. It was a bit of a masterclass from Smith, which I'm sure we'll come on to. And um, just just brilliant, really. Absolutely brilliant. You know, we Like I said, we haven't played brilliantly with the ball, but... Um, it was one of our perhaps best performances without it. Just superb. Leeds a very dangerous team, aren't they, Jugsy? And uh, it was quite interesting to see how we would set up. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw the uh, the lineup announced? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I think um, we've been calling out for them changes, especially with Nakamba playing as the defensive midfielder alongside McGinn. And I thought, yeah, I mean, the ch- changes worked perfectly because Ramsey, not only is he a good presence in that sort of number 10 role, he had enough legs really to work back and then we could defend as a three in midfield. And I thought the tactics were spot on. So Leeds like to keep their wingers really out wide and they want our fullbacks to engage with the wingers. So they get the space in between the centre-backs and the fullback. And that's where they're, they're, they're most dangerous with the overlapping runs from the midfielders and the fullbacks. But I thought Nakamba and McGinn snuffed out danger really well. Almo, again, um, grew into the game and he didn't engage Rafinha straight away. He gave him a chance to get onto the ball and then then push out once we had uh, our midfielders sort of tracking back. So I thought it was a really good setup by, by Smith. I thought Ramsey was, was excellent, I think. Um, he's obviously a young player and a player with massive potential. And yeah, look, you look at Barkley and he's got the quality on the ball, but it just shows you sometimes you need 11 players all working towards the same sort of goal and direction and, and you know, putting a shift in. And if you're not playing as well, um, you get away with it in terms of results when, when everybody's sort of organised and working hard. So I think that was a, a credit to Smith and, and the team, really. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting formation, wasn't it? We were almost playing... 4-3-3 three, three, uh, with McGinn as a number eight. But then very quickly when Leeds were on the attack, we'd quickly switch back and get back into shape with almost like a two-man midfield. Uh, at all times, either Ramsey was coming back or McGinn was coming back. And 
obviously needed to be at our physical best and, and fitness wise as well. I needed to match leads, which we did. Uh, Chadzi, what did you make of the start? Because it was quite uh, quite a fast start by Villa. I mean, Leeds had a, had an early chance that didn't quite fall to Rafina, but apart from that, really, Villa were pressing quite high early on, uh, and obviously got the goal uh, early on as well. Yeah, I think we were pretty much guaranteed a fast start. I don't think Smith was going to allow anything like what we turned out last week against Leicester in the first twenty minutes, and even the week before against Brighton. And um, I think it was good to see that. The attitude that the players knew they'd, they'd been off the pace a little bit in the last couple of weeks and they wanted to come out and prove a point. I thought McGinn's energy really set the tone in midfield. He was pressing high. He was working hard back off the ball. Ramsey, as Jugsy said, offered us a bit of legs and also some composure on the ball, which is which is great to see. You know, He's obviously a talented player. You've got to be a talented player to be in a Premier League team at that age, but he's got the personality as well, which is crucial, I think, at the top level. You know, if he can take it on the turn, he will. He doesn't just drop it back off and, and play the easy pass, which is good to see. But yeah, a really good start. And obviously the early goal um, was massive for us because that allows us then to get into our shape. And we've got we've got that sort of mental history now that we, we know we can defend leads. The whole team just goes into default mode. Everyone knows their roles. Ming's commands from the back. And um, an early goal for Villa is is brilliant because I think it's only three points we've lost from a winning position all season. And that was all in one game against Burnley, wasn't it? Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. And um, what? how many clean sheets is that now for the season, sorry? 13. 12 or 13. We should probably yeah, know that. Se- yeah. second, sec- 13. Second to Man City, which is... And the fact we're still eighth and we've got 13 clean sheets shows you how tough the Premier League is, really. But I suppose we don't get many draws, so that probably accounts for some of them. But really good goal. Al Ghazi, again, stepping up. Jugzi, uh, a player who does get his fair share of criticism, but has chipped in now with his sixth Premier League goal of the season. Another important goal. You know, he's, he's scored so many important goals for us and, and, and really stepped up when we needed him to. Um, what did you make of the goal then, first off? Because it was quite early on. Uh, it was very similar to Leeds' early chance where Bamford slipped. Watkins slipped again. But, I mean, I, th- I actually think that he actually meant that cross. Uh, if you watch that back again, Watkins is looking straight at Al-Ghazi when he kicks it. So, I'm not sure. But then Al-Ghazi, good, 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 good control and good finish, wasn't it? Yeah, I think um, it just shows another element of Watkins' play, that creativity. It just shows he's the all-round package. And I think he definitely meant that cross. I think... It was quite a, a, a clever sort of run in for Margazi because he took the set piece initially and uh, didn't sort of just stop there really, tried to get back into a dangerous position. And I thought Margazi's set, uh, set pieces and corners were, were excellent really. I thought I'd mention that as well. Um, and yeah, really composed finish. I think first touch on that pitch as well, which the pitch wasn't great. I know we'll probably go into that in a minute, but he took that touch, that first touch on his right foot and yeah, it was perfect because he was off balance and slipping and then sort of tucked it away, um, showed nice technique and nice composure and it was a really tidy finish and that really set us up. I think um, a lot will probably be said about how we sort of saw out that game, but I think we started that game in that first half really positive and we were dangerous on that break and that goal enabled us to to manage that game really well because um, Villa evolved and especially last season we probably would have still tried to go toe-to-toe with Leeds and tried to match them chance chance for chance but we didn't we managed that game really well so I thought that was a massive positive to show the man- mentality that we have as a side we know how to see out games and we know how to be organised which is a real positive uh, Jadzi you mentioned earlier the word Smith masterclass and, and as you mentioned we started really well really quickly we got that early goal 
Um, and then really from the second half, really, we, we went into a, like a low block, which, which Smith mentioned in the, the, the post-match uh, interview. I mean, do you think that's Smith learning from our mistakes from the, from the home game, the reverse fixture, and, and again, showing you how, how good of a coach and how good of a manager Smith is and also can be? Absolutely, you know we can't we couldn't have gone toe to toe with them again, um, and you know you get a lot of criticism then if we don't get a result and, and we get outplayed like we did at Villa Park, and I think it was always going to be the case, but especially once we'd got that early goal, the, the players like I said a minute ago just went into default mode, and I think as Jugsy's touched on, Nakamba makes such a difference in that role because he he naturally just gets deeper, he gets closer to. To Mings and Konza, who we've talked about a lot, they like to retreat. They like to head back towards their own goal line when the pressure's on. Um, and we've often been exposed in that sort of penalty penalty spot area for those pullback crosses, those pullback passes. And especially with teams like Leeds, where they do have those third-man runners and they're so quick with their intricate passing, you've got to be switched onto it. You've got to be ahead of the play and you've got to be able to read that pass before it's even been made. And the camera just has, has a knack of being in the right place, getting his toe in, Reading, reading what's coming, which I don't think Louise naturally does. So it was his selection for me that was absolutely key for us to, to, to play in that way. But again, um, Ramsey and McGinn covered so well the, the, the wing-backs as well. Al-Mohamedi and Target were, were dropping off or waiting for support from the midfield because they knew it was coming. And we were just defending and, and working really hard and making sure those th- third-man runners weren't weren't creating the overload that Leeds usually like to get. So, yeah, it was an absolute masterclass. They'd, they'd clearly worked on it and aided as well by the fact that we didn't have to go and get another goal. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, fair play to Leeds, the, the fact that teams are having to set up against them and take into account of how they play to, to nullify them. It shows you how well they've done this season. But at the same fan, at the same time, Leeds fans are going irate, the fact that we are anti-football or whatever. But... You know, you've got to win games and you've got to be sensible about this and probably shows you how far we've come as a team. Whereas last season, you probably would have, we probably would have gone toe to toe with them again, probably, uh, and been a bit naive. This time, we're a bit more street smart and, and that showed and really restricted them. You know, Leeds do create plenty of chances, but really Tyler Roberts' chance in the first half was, was probably the only one of note. Uh, and apart from Rafinha's in the second half, which he headed over the bar uh, or bounced over anyway. But you're right, Nakamba, you know, excellent again. Yet to concede a goal with him on the pitch. Uh, he tallied six interceptions, four ground duels won, 100% of them won, uh, 90% pass success rate, one aerial duel won, two tackles and a block shot as well. So again, shows you the shows you that part of the game that Villa lacks sometimes, uh, that sort of destroyer and, and uh, you know, influences that defensive midfield position, which, we, you know, Louise is brilliant at keeping the ball and, and, you know, he has different types of talents, but Nakamba for certain games, and I think Smith mentioned this as well, horses for courses, isn't it, Jugsy? You need to have certain types of players for certain types of games and, and you know, Barkley for, for this game, you know, probably wasn't the right player uh, yeah. and, and we saw that with the midfield. Yeah, I think there was a lot of clamour from us and other Villa fans for changes and obviously the changes, you know, worked out, which was great. But I think it's uh, one of those, you've got to approach each game in the Premier League uh, and give sort of um, credit to the opposition and look, you've got to approach it business-like for me. Nakamba's obviously performed excellent, but we do lose a bit in midfield where we struggle to progress the play because Nakamba is probably a bit more safe in in possession and he's not going to get on the half turn like Louise does and look to create an attack, really. Let's, let's be honest, but I mean, what he does in terms of his job is perfect for certain games and I think Smith needs to probably take that away from, from the Leeds game to say, look, Against Sheffield United, that's a new game. That's probably a, a new sort of uh, way we need to play and set up as a team. 
And we just got to approach each game like that because the Premier League is ruthless. And I know we don't have the amount of games like the the top six have because uh, they're in Europe. But I think we need to adopt the same approach where we just treat each game on an individual basis and select a eleven to 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 help us get the best result from that game. And yeah, it might be harsh on certain players, but as long as they're invested in Smith and Smith is honest and open with them, I think that, that they'll they'll buy into that for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, hopefully she proves, uh, as Smith mentioned at the end of the game, that we're not a one-man team as well, which I think was important for the players as well, for a bit of belief. Um, just going ahead now, obviously, in these next few games, potentially Grealish won't be back. So the fact we won a game without him, a tough game away from home, uh, without him, hopefully gives us confidence uh, confidence going forward, doesn't it, Chadzi? Yeah, definitely. And um, just going back to sort of the, the defensive display, I don't think we should sort of um, scoot over how important Martinez was again. You know, I don't think he's made loads and loads of saves, but he's made an absolutely crucial one from close range, hasn't he, at nil-nil, um, parried it away. I think it was the, the Tyler Roberts shot you referred to. And then in that second half, he's just so commanded. You know, when he comes for the ball, you know he's getting it. It's been a long time since we've had a goalkeeper where when the ball's coming into the box, you're not you're not panicking, your heart's not in your mouth, you, you, you're pretty confident he's going to come and get that. And that just gives everyone else in the back four so much confidence. And and Target as well. I mean, we talk, we've pretty much talked about him every single week on this podcast. And it's because he's playing well every single week. It, the form he's in, I think 24, 25 games into the season now, he hasn't had a bad game. And that is absolutely astonishing form. And I actually think yesterday was his, probably his best performance because... He's he's added that steel to his performance. He's up winning headers. He's he's physical. He's getting he's getting his body in the way. He's look he's bulked up a bit. He's solid, and he, he committed a really important foul as well for when he got his yellow card yesterday when they were looking to break. And he was savvy enough just to put him down. We're here to win. I'm you know I'll take the yellow card. And it, it, he just typifies our development really this season. He, he he's a player that was signed last season. Probably wasn't quite ready for the challenge, but. Week in, week out, he, he's really just, he's, he's been phenomenal. And um, yeah, full, full credit to him again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, you know, you're right that he sort of st- stopped the stopped the counter-attack, which is important. Uh, you know, that's how Leeds have scored so many goals this season. And then again, he stopped the quick free kick and then Roberts almost, almost lashed out at him. And I don't know what Hinchcliffe was going on about on the commentator. And he, I don't know if he was seeing half a screen or something, but he was like, I'm not sure what's happened, why has the target gone down? But you can clearly see a kick from, from Roberts. And I think he was pretty lucky not to, not to get some further punishment for that because that's, that's pretty, um, a pretty stupid uh, and rash uh, kick out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think, um, yeah, I think there was a quite a bit of niggle throughout that game. And I thought we managed that really well. I think... I think they were lucky with the second yellow for click uh, when he fouled McGinn on the sort of uh, touchline. Um, there was a bit of niggle, but I thought we were really smart when how we how we did that. Really, I think we stopped um, sort of quick free kicks, and yeah, we made uh, professional fouls, and that's something that again we've we've adopted in our game, which is really positive to see because that's the the best way to manage our games in the Premier League. And I thought as a team we had each other's backs, which is most important. So again, it was just a unified, unified effort. And I think we've got to give a mention to Tyrone Mings again. I thought he was really good as a leader, very vocal. I think you'd hear him through 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 the commentators. And yeah, I think he got us over the line. I mean, he pushed the lads on, made sure they gave a hundred percent in the in, in the dying mi- minutes. And I thought the subs as well, Smith got it spot on with with the likes of Trezeguet and Sanson. Again, they showed the high energy, kept the ball really well. 
especially in, in cr- crucial times. I think there, there's a couple of times when Leeds could have got onto the break or, or won the ball high up the pitch and Sanson and Trezeguet got the bodies in the way. And I think Trezeguet's dribble at the end was really good to, to waste some time. So I thought it, it was a perfect team performance and um, one that the team should be proud of and, and Smith needs a lot of credit for. So we needed that really after after last week where there's a few question marks on whether we can perform without Jack and a, a bit around our mentality. So I'm, I'm glad... Um, this team showed some bounce, bounce back and, uh, yeah, proved us uh, that they deserve our backing, really. Yeah, I, I was always pretty confident going into the game because, you know, we've talked about before how this team bounces back um, after a bad performance and we've done it yet again. And, you know, Smith wouldn't have let uh, last week's performance lie. You know, he the second half was much improved, yes, but, you know, he'd expect better from our team and, and we got that uh, this week and, you know, spoil the game really. And we had to do what we had to do and, and we were savvy enough to do that. And Leeds fans are probably moaning about how we played and whatever, but don't really care about that. We've got the three points at the end of the day. Some of their play acting from the Leeds players as well, Lorente especially. Chadzi, what, what did you make of that when uh, he went down like he'd been shot and then Watkins picked him up and suddenly Lorente's uh, running after Watkins with his bad ankle? Yeah, it's a shambles, isn't it? And I don't, I just don't understand why with all the technology they've got, they're not having um, enforcing some retrospective action on some of these players it's the only way you're going to stamp it out you know after the game go back if somebody's acting like a tit and rolling around when somebody hasn't touched them then just give them a one game ban they'll soon stop doing it you know Bamford, Bamford throwing himself on the floor from the corner as well um, I'm not one of these Villa fans that hates Bamford just because of what happened a couple of years ago but it doesn't do himself any favours at times um, yeah it's just it's just embarrassing really yeah, I mean, yeah, Leeds fans going about Grealish uh, diving and what have you, and yeah, you know, whatever you think of him, you know, end of the day that game at Leeds, which were, which which sort of started the not rivalry because it's not really a rivalry, is it? It's a bit of animosity between two teams. You know, Grealish nearly broke his leg. You know, Cooper Cooper a horrific challenge. It was never got a red card. Or even I don't even think got a yellow card for it. It was a horrible, horrible challenge, and they have the, you know, they have the audacity to say that well, you know Grealish is a diver where so many of their players dive and. And so obviously dive as well. But let's not talk about that. You know, who, who cares about that? We won the game in the day. But important performances from from all around the team. You know, Jugzi mentioned Mings there. I think Mings was fantastic. And Conta as well. You know, they, they pocketed Bamford, really. He was their danger man. Yes, they were missing Phillips as well, which I think is showed as well um, in, in terms of how they started their play. You know, he's so important to them. But we were missing Grealish, so it's one of those things. But a great win, great victory, great performance, a necessary performance, really, at the end of the day. Al, Al- Mohamedi much improved as well after having a, a pretty bad game last time out. You know, hopefully Cash will be back soon, but Alma again stepped up when, when he needed to, so that, that, that was important. Moving on now, we, uh, we're we going to go on to the, the Sheffield United game, and they're playing tonight, so we'll, we'll preview that. But before we do that, let's go on to some of the comments as well. Um, Dale... Says, does El Ghazi keep his place in the eleven when Grealish is back? El Ghazi left wing, Grealish in the number ten, or does Grealish go back to the left and El Ghazi to the bench? Jugzi? Yeah, I think as I said earlier, I think you've got to take it game by game. Um, yeah, I think with Grealish, I think against the better teams, you probably want him on that left hand side because you want him up the pitch when he's the most dangerous player for us in terms of creativity and getting that end product. But I like our guys. I think he, he gives us a good balance out the three wingers because he's the, probably the most direct. He's quite physical as well. Um, and he's the quickest, I'd say, out of the three. I'm, I'm excluding Grealish because he's obviously uh, a league of his own. But yeah, I think Al Ghazi gives us that more direct option. And 
he's that kind of player that is going to be a bit more hit and miss compared to the likes of Truro and Trezeguet because his game's all about taking players on, um, getting the ball and, you know, trying to create something from that left-hand side. And he's quite a technical player as well. So he's, he can go either side, left or right. So I think with him, with his style of play, he can be a bit more inconsistent with his performance, but definitely I've seen improvements this season and hope hope it continues really. So I'll take it game by game, but it gives us a definite option where we can use Grealish in that 10 role where he is just as effective. Chadzi, I mean, guys have been criticised sometimes for his work rate and his attitude, or, although I'm not really sure about what, what constitutes attitude um, off the ball. Um, but, you know, yesterday he was probably one of the most hard, one of our most hardworking players, wasn't he? Uh, in terms of his overall performance, tracking back, getting forward, supporting Watkins. Yeah, and I don't think you last very long with Dean Smith if you're not a hardworking player. I, I remember quite vividly when Smith first came to the club, um, for some reason, I was sitting in the Trinity Road stand right right near the dugouts and he just spent the whole game berating Al Ghazi for not tracking his runner and, and doing his defensive duties. And I just remember really vividly how he was just on it in the whole game and I thought this isn't going to last long for Al Ghazi. But he's turned it around and he's, he's with a career this season that's been superb. He's proven so many re- people wrong and I do think he is a hard-working player now. Um, and, and like I said, he won't last very long if he isn't. So... I think it's unfair for people that talk about him as a bit of a luxury player. He's a, he's a very good player. He's got um, great ability with the ball. Once his once his confidence is up, he's a he's a you know top top level player. To be honest, once he gets an early goal and starts pinging shots off left, right, and centre, he he becomes a bit unstoppable. So I, I like it when we can find a place for him in the team. He's obviously unlucky that he plays in the position of of our best player, but um, I'm sure there'll be times in the coming months where they can both start in the same team, depending on shape and having Jack in different areas of the pitch. Yeah, definitely. You got to remember how much we've paid for Ghazi as well. You know, he's he's cost what eight million pounds, I think, or something like that. Outstanding uh, signing, absolutely uh, yeah. outstanding. You know, you don't you don't get many wingers. You know, you look at Truro, we paid 16, 17 million for him. Yes, Rafinha's done really well, but you know, I think he's a bit of an anomaly. You know, he's been he's been fantastic this season. But most wingers you sign, look at Pepe. He's only starting to hit form now, and they've paid what seventy million for him. Most wingers are inconsistent. Uh, but our guys has always contributed to, to the Villa team. Yes, he's, he's had bad games uh, and, and good games, but you know that, who, which winger doesn't? So I think that's important to remember. And long term, you know, maybe Trezeguet, Al Ghazi might not be good enough in the long term. But we're not at that stage yet. You know, we're we're way off that stage yet where we need to think about that. They're important squad players and important players to our team and add a different dimension. And, and again, I think the point that Jugsy made earlier about his pace as well is so important. You know, we. We're not, we're not we're not blessed with loads and loads of pace and throughout the team. It's something we've improved since last season, but still need more of. And now guys is one of our quickest players. So against certain teams like Leeds, you know, you're, you're going to need that pace on the break. So definitely a place for him in the in the team. Um, Onka Carl Singh says, Almo's at a contract in the summer. Thoughts on whether or not he deserved another year or two. I would sign him up ASAP personally. Jazzy? Um I really like Elmo and he's very reliable. He's never let us down. He's he's been a loyal servant to this club in four of probably the one of the most tumultuous times in our in our history and he, he's been a very solid player that's been part of the, the improvement. But you know, if you want to kick on now for, and be a top eight side, I think it's time to regenerate the squad a little bit and he's probably had his heyday. I think you want to be signing players that are coming into their peak, got re sell on um, value and, and can offer a, offer a bit more in the future. I, I think it's very 
old school Aston Villa just to keep giving players at the end of their career another season, another season, another season. Hmm. Um, so probably not for me, mate. But that's that's no criticism of him. But it's just everything comes to its natural natural conclusion, really. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. To be honest, mate. Um, I think Almo, one of my favourite players, rarely lets us down. That's been said so many times in this pod. But you know, we're looking forward now um, and not backwards. We need to have that. And the right-back position is so important. We've seen with Cash and how much he's improved us. You need that kind of energy. You need that all-around player. It's such, such an important position now in modern football that I think, you know, you can't afford to have a massive drop-off. You know, we talked about last week, Leicester City. You know, you know they had, you know, Castagna, Pereira, James Justin's out. You know, they've got 20 million pound right-backs coming in uh, and, you know, starting, replacing James Justin and performing. You know, we don't have that and that's what we need to get to at the end of the day. So I think long-term, you know, we have to look look elsewhere. But, you know, Elmo, a great player, a great servant to to our club uh, and, and brought him at a time when, you know, we've had a lot of players who haven't been, who've been the opposite of what Elmo's done for us as well. So it's important exactly, to remember yeah. that. He'll probably end up going to Baggies and being part of their promotion title challenge and have, playing a massive part in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he wants to stay local in the area, I think that that might happen. I don't think Blues will be able to afford him, so it's got to be Baggies or any, no one else really, is it? Maybe Walsall will go for him. We'll see. Um, but <laughs> uh, Jess says, uh, "Does Dean Smith have a selection headache for Sheffield United? If Jack is fit and likely, then do we revert back or keep the same side? If Jack is out, I would keep the same team as Ramsey and McGinn can offer enough to support the front three. Well, it's an interesting one, Jigsy. I'll come to you in a second. I just want to touch on quickly on Ramsey's performance. We talked about him already." And how good he was, and and maybe there is, I think, potentially, uh, you know, he's he's played himself into starting contention for the next game as well. But just in terms of his stats for the, uh, for, for for yesterday's game, uh, he led the team for progressive passes with three of them, goal creating actions one, dribbling success rate hundred percent. Something I didn't really think he'd had he'd had in his locker. To be honest, we saw him uh, towards the end of the second half ghost pass and run pass. I think it was click, and then played in for Ghazi for for his shot that went over. You know, shows you sort of sort of showed a bit of physicality and pace as well, which is, is important in the Premier League, isn't it? And then defensively as well, you know, he accumulated thirty eight point five percent successful pressure rate. I don't know what that means, uh, but it sounds good. Um, but two tackles and three blocks and an interception as well. So, you know, important when you're playing those forward positions at number ten or number eight position. You, if we're going to press high, you know, that kind of energy is needed. Uh, do you think Jugsy? Do you think he keeps his place and we keep the same team for the next game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one because you want to reward the players after their perfect performance, really. But we've got two big games coming up, one against Sheffield United and then on Saturday against Wolves. So I think we need to keep it fresh. And um, it's one of those where it is a bit of a headache for Smith. And with Grealish's injury, we're not sure what the injury is, whether it's one where he can start the game straight away or one where he might be on the bench and might be able to contribute 15 or 20 minutes. So it really depends on what his fitness level is. But... I would look to potentially uh, reward Ramsey and keep keep his starting place as it is. Um, obviously, the Grealish injury uh, may mean um, that he might come in for for Ghazi, but I think he, he probably won't start the game given that he's been out for a week or two. Um, but yeah, I think the only the only thing for me, I'll probably look to switch McGinn for uh, sorry Louise for Nakamba against Sheffield United, and then Nakamba back in against Wolves. I think that would be the change I'd make potentially. Yeah, interesting. We'll come on to the Sheffield United game in a second. We'll get your thoughts as well, Chadzi. Last couple of comments then before we move on to Sheffield United game. Uh, Digger of the Dig Dog, great name. I think it would be good to see Sanson start and, and McGinn for, or someone else giving a rest, bench maybe. Uh, what are your thoughts? Cheers, Grant. Thanks, Grant. 
Uh, Chadzi, would you would you be looking to rest players at this stage when we haven't really had many games in a row? Um, I, I don't expect the same starting eleven on on Wednesday night and again on Saturday. So there are going to be some changes, I think, at, at some point in the next couple of games. But again, it all it all it all comes down to how they shape up, how they recover. Um, they'll all have their own individual rates of recovery. They'll all have niggles from the game that we don't know about. So um, I suppose it's, it's up to Smith to make that decision on which game he's going to prioritise. But I, I think you've got to go to Sheffield United and just try and win on Wednesday and then worry about Saturday after that. So I think you've got to reward Ramsey. I think he needs to play. And it's just whether it's, it's the right game for Nakamba, I don't know. You'd like to think we're going to have more of the ball. Um, so maybe we, we don't need that solidity in front of the back four. But, you know, we haven't conceded um, a goal whilst he's been on the pitch. And I fancy us to score a goal against Sheffield United, no matter who's playing. So do, do you stick with him as well, based on the fact that it, he does make us so solid and, and, and let McGinn and Ramsey give us that bit more freedom to get um, up the park? But it's not going to be easy on Wednesday night. You know, watching Sheffield United game now, they're, they're back playing some of the stuff they were playing last year they've got nothing to lose now and um, the sort of doom and gloom that, that's presided over them over the first half of the season seems to have disappeared a bit and they're playing with a bit more free spirit so um, it's another massive game and a really tough really tough test for us even though they're they're bottom of the league Yeah I mean every game's a tough test isn't it and you know Sheffield United haven't really lost many games by Many goals, if that makes sense. You know, they've, they've all been close. You know, they've been in every game pretty much. Um, they've lost it by the odd goal pretty much. Um, and it just hasn't quite clicked for them. I think up front is where they're struggling the, yeah. the most. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll come on to that game in a second. I think it's going to be an important, you know, we want to try and, after after the performance against Leeds, you know, what you don't want to be doing is going to a Sheffield United game, he'll bottom of the table. Yes, they're, you know, they're playing better football now, but you don't want to end up losing that game. And then it all the hard work that you've put in for Saturday night goes to waste. So, it's good. As you say, Chaz, a very important game. Last last comment then. Uh, Parol Pringer says, great tactical change-up. You could see a, a Ghazi tracking back after the goal. He's backing as he's such a confidence player. Nakamba was also man of the match for me. Again, better. JJ, good energy. Sanson for JJ next game for me. And desperate some consistency as well. Winnable next few games. But can I get carried away? So, let's move on to the Sheffield United game then. We've talked about it a bit already through the comments. Um Sheffield United, uh, as I've said, a team where, you know, yes, they're bottom of the table, but they've been in most games. So they're, they're, they're a tough team to beat. Uh, they don't concede many, um, but they just haven't been scoring many at all. Um, and, and it's not been quite clicking for them like it did last season. A game you'd expect us to win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got to approach it looking to win the game for sure. But we've got to give, again, as I said previously, um, a bit of respect to the opposition. And I think Sheffield United have been unlucky with, with injuries this season. I think they've got... a uh, a makeshift back three for today's game against Liverpool. So I'm not sure how they're going to set up against us. Um, I, I think two of them are probably long-term long term injuries, but I think one might be a suspension. Um, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. But yeah, I think they're, they're coming into a bit of form in terms of they're, they're better with how they're playing. I think especially with in midfield, I think Lundstrom and Fleck have come back into that team now and, and performing like they did last season, which has given them a bit of a boost. But I think the, the, the issue they've got is not converting their chances. I mean, the strikers, they've got about five or six of them, but they're not good enough for the Premier League, unfortunately. And they've spent huge amounts of money on these strikers, like some McBurney and Brewster, you're talking 20 million, 20 million plus. But I think Wilder's really had a bit of a nightmare uh, in the transfer windows. I think apart from Burge, who's who's injured for the rest of the season, I think the rest of the signings haven't really 
paid out, paid out really. I think, um, yeah, yeah, I think they've um, not not improved him in any way. So it's a game where we need to be pro- positive and look to again be uh, on the front foot. I think energy uh, from the, from the, from kickoff will be important. We start it in the same manner like we did against Leeds and really look to attack that back three because I think they'll have a, a couple of sort of makeshift centre backs in there. Uh, likes of Ampadu or Jagielka, um, who's 38, and um, Keen Bryan, who's a versatile player, who plays anywhere really, but he's doing a job for them. So I think it's uh, we need to get Watkins the ball early on, look to to sort of get him to target that centre back um, three, and uh, yeah, look to, to to win the game. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right there. You know, they uh, they're starting to play a bit more, as Chadzi said, a bit more like they did last season. Uh, but they're not just. I mean, I've seen McBurney. Uh, so they're currently playing now. Liverpool are winning one 0 I've seen McBurney miss a glorious chance. Um, so I think that's been the story of their season so far. Um, and, and you're looking at the last few results. You know they've beaten, yes, they're beating West Brom, they're beating Newcastle. They had a great victory against Man United, but then they've lost so many games uh, against teams. You know where you think they might have a chance of winning. So hopefully, you know it's a game that we should win. Uh, like I've said, uh, uh, you know it's important that we we take we take the game to him, isn't it, Chadzi? Yeah, definitely. We've got to be positive. Um, I, f- I do fancy us. It's going to be a tough game, but again, it's one of those that if, if you're serious about pushing on now, and I like John McGinn's interview after the game where he said the players have got a sense that if things go well for them, they have got a chance to achieve something special this season. And, you know, we're going to have to rely on a bit of luck here and there. But this is the type of game, despite what I've said earlier about the fact it is tough, you know, at the end of the day, they're bottom of the league. So if you're serious about achieving things you've got to go there and have the confidence to inf- enforce your game plan on them uh, and, and try and win so yeah I think we should be we should we should be gunning for them we should we should be uh, playing with a lot of confidence and um, take the game to them I just I just don't like us being on BT to be honest yeah I'm not I hate I hate it's on BT I can't remember yeah. last game we won on BT to be honest I know, it's, uh, just, it's, just, it's, it's probably a really home. obvious game though Wolves are home yeah that was it uh, last Wolves away, we, we've, sorry. we've lost against yeah Wolves away, yeah. Yeah, we lost to Burnley, haven't we? We lost to... No, I think Arsenal actually was B2, wasn't it? Ah, uh, was it? All oh, right, there we go. Fair but enough. anyway, I don't like it. I don't like it either. Uh, oh, Liverpool just scored. 2-0. Lucky goal. Anyway, that bodes well for us. Hopefully, they're getting tired. Um, but let's uh, let's go on predictions then. Jugsy, what are your, what are your thoughts on the game? I'm going 2-1 Villa. I think we'll concede early on and then come back and get two goals to win the game. Nice. First time this season that would have happened then if we do that. Uh, Chadzi? Another 1-0, I think. A nice early goal, first half an hour or so, and then something similar. Um, not not as little not as little ball as we had um, against Leeds, but a nice re- resilient performance. I'd take another 1-0. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go with you, Chadzi. I think 1-0 as well. Uh, I think we're going to have to be on our game in terms of crosses into the box. They like to get the, as many crosses into the box as they can. Uh, and also... Uh, Ollie Burke as well has got a lot of pace um, so McGinn and Conta need to be careful about that not push too high up the, up the pitch and get turned around but yeah it should be an interesting game another game that we should be winning and and, and be good to you know win win, win in these next few games because there's definitely points there on the table for us and, and it's likely that Jack will be out so if we can continue to stay and keep in touch with those those top six places then you know when Jack comes back then there's no reason why we can't carry on and when the tougher games come you know have him back in we can you know, we perform well against the better teams this season, so there's no reason why we can't continue to push on. It's going to be tough, obviously. It's already been an amazing season, 
uh, so far this season. So, you know, anything else we get now is, is a bit of a bonus. But we'll be back, obviously, uh, for that game for a review of, of the Sheffield United game. Um, as I've said in the previous podcast, Late Night Ramble is now going to be a, a monthly show uh, just to freshen things up. But we are going to be bringing a, a new preview show. I haven't named it yet. Uh, where we'll be having a few different guests as well coming on each week. It'll be a short one, like a 20-minute, 25-minute show each week just to just to preview the next game. Uh, probably not this week because we've got obviously a midweek game, but when we go back to weekly games, we'll have that. So watch out for that. But Chadzi, Jugsy, thanks for your time again. A pleasure as always. Cheers, Cheers Up the villa. Up the villa then, guys. Thank you and good night. I love it. Manu bahut changa lagda.